seated. This pastor comes at this time with the word. We were hoping to uh, give out the uh, fundraising check for the Preble Fire Department, but uh, Chief texted and said he is stuck at work, so he is not able to join us this morning. So we will plan and make uh, arrangements to do that on another Sunday uh, when we can have representation from the Preble Fire Department with us. Um, So uh, hopefully you'll be able to um, make plans to join us again when we do that, um, if you have not yet written a thank you note to the fire department, there are three by five cards and pens and all of that available on the table out there. Uh, you are certainly encouraged to do that. Drop it in the boot. Uh, we were pretty successful by raising some extra money uh, on the night of the event by ha- encouraging people to just to drop uh, whatever they wanted to in the boot, and we raised several hundred dollars just in the boot, so uh, I don't think we're going to get several hundred thank you notes, but let's get as many thank you notes as we can in that boot so we can present them, not just with a check that says thank you for your service, not just to us, but to our community, but also thank you, uh, physical thank you cards. Everybody likes to get thank you notes, right? In fact, we got one today or this week from the Murphys, says thank you on the card to Calvary Baptist Church. We thank you so very much for the love gifts we received. This was over and above the offering. It came at the perfect time as we fixed our dryer that's not been working for about eight months. I finally had some time and help from Nolan, who was here to fix it. Since it is a stack washer and dryer, it would have been expensive to buy new. What you all provided came to the price of the parts. Praise God. Praying for you all, and may God bless. Thank you, the Murphys. And there is a new prayer letter from the Murphys that we will put on the uh, table there with the missionary letters and underneath the missionary information. So thank you for uh, supporting the Murphy family, uh, not just through your giving, but also uh, through your extra gifts as well. They very much appreciate your generosity. All right, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. This morning is week two of the first responders Christmas. Last Sunday I preached, I won't say the same message, I'll say a similar message at Faith Baptist Church in Cortland. I actually preached twice there uh, in the 9 o'clock service, and then they have another service at 1030, uh, and I didn't preach the same message twice there either. So anyway, um, you're not going to get the exact same message from either one of those because they weren't the same to start off with. I do have to start off, though, by saying that Pastor Steve told you that he had the shortest passage of Scripture, and he was chronologically the last. He spoke on Anna, um, and he was relatively, um, can I use the word brief? No offense meant, but since he had the shortest passage of Scripture, he's going to be brief, right? I have more 
verses than Steve did, so I'm not going to be as brief, and even if I had the same number of verses, I wouldn't be as brief anyway. Um, So anyway, we do want to thank Steve for his participation and his ministry to our church family last week. We're looking forward to Matthew's ministry amongst us next Sunday. He will be talking about the shepherds. Just a little bit of a warning, he has the longest passage of scripture, Um, so uh, take that for what it's worth. But uh, he, won't be, he won't be too long either. So anyway, I'll probably be the longest no matter what. Anyway, we're in week number two of our first responders Christmas. And we're going to look at a man whose name is mentioned several times in Scripture, but only one time in re- reference to the man we are studying this morning. The man, of course, is the man named Simeon. Uh, and if you take a look at the title of our message, it is Spirit-led man embraces God's son and his salvation. Okay, spirit-led man was Simeon. He embraced God's son and the salvation that was offered as a result of the son coming to this earth and to die on the cross for our sins. The man Simeon, his name, it means he heard or it means obedient one. This man, Simeon, that we find in Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35, not only knew the scriptures and searched the scriptures, but he actually obeyed the scriptures. So is it a fluke that his name, Simeon, means one who obeyed or he who, who heard? No, I don't think so. That is part of God's plan and an example for us to be uh, followers of who Simeon was, one who searches the scriptures, one who knows what is true, and one who is obedient to that which is true. And I want to tell you this, perhaps more than any other person in scripture who bears the same name, this man, Simeon, lives out what his name meant. He is one who not only searched the scriptures, not only read the scriptures, but put the scriptures into practice in his everyday life. We might call Simeon an old timer, okay? And there's certain things that we know about old timers, whether it's an old time, uh, somebody who is a fan of a particular sporting team or somebody who has a, a particular passion for something. Old timers, they kind of, what do they do? They stick to the book, They do things by the book. And that's what Simeon did. This old timer loved the Lord. And not only did he love the Lord, but he lived in faith. Two things that we would do well if we could emulate in our lives. For a long time, you've heard me give the definition of faith. There was only one person last week who would have known that definition. And that was Josh. I didn't put him on the spot. Uh, but I'm going to ask you this morning, who wants to volunteer our definition for faith? I should rule Mark out because he always gives the definition. Um, so who else other than Mark wants to give us the definition for faith that we use here? Samuel. Okay, it, it involves the Savior, but we have a standing definition that we use around here. Faith is, Kirsten? Believing that God is able to do what he says he will do and ordering my life accordingly. Where do we find what God says he will do? In his word, in the pages of scripture, okay? So I need to be a student of scripture, right? If I want to be a person of faith, I must know what the scripture says. So believing that God is able to do what he says he will do in the pages of scripture 
and ordering my life accordingly. There's this passage of scripture in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. We call it the hall of faith. If you read through that passage of scripture, you will find everybody that's written there in the hall of faith is somebody who believed that God would do what he said he would do. There's a specific account of God telling that person what to do. And then there's the response of that person doing what God told him to do or her to do. And what is said about them then after they did what God told them to do? That they were a person of faith. They were a person who was declared righteous if you will. You see, Simeon was a man who studied the scriptures. So if we, if we think and believe that he was a man who studied the scriptures, then we need to ask ourselves some questions. And, and one of those questions is, well, what might Simeon have been studying if he was studying the scriptures? Well, I, I, I wrote down some verses. They'll be up on the screen, I think, for you uh, to consider with me. Verses that Simeon might have been considering as he was thinking and praying and hoping for the birth and the coming of the Messiah. One of them, well, all three of them are found in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 10 says this, The Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Okay, so Simeon is studying, and what is he studying about? He's studying about the salvation of our God and how salvation only comes from God through God as a result of what God has given and blessed us with. We also read in the, in the book of Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, the people who walked in darkness. Can I tell you something? Right now, 2021, We are living in a land of people who walk in darkness. Yes, we have all the technology. We have all the amazing things that are around us. We have lights in almost every building, and sometimes you can drive in the middle of the night and and, uh, be in, in the brightest spots you've been in. We used to live not too far from an oil refinery, and at night that place was lit up like it was daylight. But you know what? With, regardless of all the light we have to our, our exposure today, we still walk in darkness. Why do, why do people walk in darkness? Because they fail to see the one who said, I am the light of the world. Isaiah goes on to say, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those of us who are here this morning who have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have seen that light. A great example of that light is when Saul was traveling on the road to Damascus. And in the middle of the day, this bright light shone upon him, and he was very afraid, and he fell down and he became blind. Saul's theme song through life could have been, I saw the light. Only not the same light that the singers sing about. He saw the light of Jesus Christ. Those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ have seen the light. We've seen a great light. We've seen the light, if you will. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. What does Ephesians 2, 8, 9 say? You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were in the valley of the shadow of death. But when that great light shined upon you, and you received the salvation of Jesus Christ, the light shined, and you came out of the darkness. 
Another verse that, Isaiah, that Simeon might have been thinking about and dwelling on is Isaiah 42, 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus being given as a light to the Gentiles. You know what? That should make all of us say, Hallelujah! You know why? Because we're the Gentiles. You and I have been given this great light, the light of the Messiah, the light of Jesus Christ. God has given that light to us. We have seen the light shine, and we have the responsibility or the opportunity to live in the light. You see, this man, Simeon, this man of God, was living at the close of the Jewish scriptures. In fact, he was alive at the time of the birth of Christ, and you know what? That was a dark time in the history of the world. If you know the history of what's going on, the Romans are in control, the Jews are in hiding. Things are not good for the Jewish nation. And yet this man, Simeon, is looking for the light. He's looking for the Messiah. He's looking for the promised one. When we're introduced to Simeon, Scripture tells us that he was a righteous man. Simeon was a righteous man who observed God's laws and endeavored to live by those laws. He was, as his name would suggest, a just man. Why? Because he searched the scriptures and obeyed them. Dr. Luke is quite clear that this man, Simeon, is a humble yet God-fearing man who was also known to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. You say, well, that's no big deal because the Holy Spirit dwells in us. It was a big deal at that time because the Holy Spirit wasn't dwelling in people permanently. Probably wasn't dwelling in very many people at all at that point in time. And yet Luke is very specific and he's very clear when he says, the Holy Spirit dwelt in this man, Simeon. And more than that, Simeon submitted to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in his life. Another example that we would do well to follow, to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As we get started this morning, I want you to understand the significance of this man, Simeon, and what he believed in. As we said, Simeon was a student of the Old Testament. He was a pious man, if you will, a religious man. He was a man who was different from so many people in his day. The difference between Simeon and his contemporaries, many of whom were Pharisees and or Sadducees, many who were looked upon as those pious religious people. But you know what was true about the Pharisees and Sadducees? It wasn't true about Simeon. Simeon let the word of God direct his life and change his life. For Simeon, it was an internal thing, not an external thing. For Simeon, it wasn't just getting up and going to church on Sunday morning and then living life every other day the way he would in the world. For Simeon, it was getting up on the day to worship and then going to the temple every other day as well to live out his faith in the one true God. As we let as we look at what the Bible says about this man, if we take nothing else away from our time together this morning, can we take this away? A good student of God's word will let God's word change his or her life. Let me say that again. 
A good student of God's word will let God's word change his or her life. Can we commit to that this morning? That we want to be a good student of the book and we want the book to change us. We want the book to make us what God wants us to be. As our first responder series suggests, let us emulate this first responder, Simeon, and let us embrace the word. And can I take it a little, a little further? Let us embrace the written word as well as the living word. Because in them, in the written word and in the living word is the message of salvation. The way to be reconciled to the one true God. So as we start with our outline this morning, let me tell you this. Simeon embraced God's revelation. This first responder, Simeon, he embraced God's revelation. What does that mean? Well, it means that he was a man of faith. What was at the core of Simeon's faith? We find it in verses 25 through 26. Would you stand together with me in your copy of the scriptures and let's read together, or you follow along as I read Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 35. You follow along as I read, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought him in, the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, Simeon, took Jesus in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before all the face of all the peoples, a light to bring salvation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let's pray and ask God's blessing upon our time together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity we have to gather together to look and learn from this man, Simeon. We ask, Lord, that we might understand uh, what Simeon believed, what he was longing for, and how that affected and impacted his life. Father, may we let your word impact our lives the way Simeon let it impact his. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Simeon embraced God's revelation. What's the core of Simeon's faith? Well, in verses 25 and 26, we understand that Simeon was a man who let the word of God change his life. When we think about this idea of faith, we think about what faith is, there are three passages in the scriptures that remind us of what faith is. In the New Testament, we find in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. 
this idea of faith. It says there in Romans 1.17, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Can we just back up for a moment? For in it. What is the it there? Well, if you were to go back to verse 16 of Romans chapter 1, you would find out that the it there is the gospel, the word of God. For in it, in the word of God, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Flipping over a few pages to the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, the apostle Paul writes these words, but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. Now, what's the significance of that phrase? Because Paul was writing to the Galatian believers who had been told and taught by religious people, not born again people, but religious people, that they had to keep the law to be right with God. They had to do what the Old Testament and then all the other things that the Pharisees and Sadducees had added to the law to be right with God. So Paul is very clear that no one is justified by the law in God's sight. Why? For the just man shall live by faith. The just man. What does it mean to be a just man? It means to be declared right before God. So for the one who wants to be declared right before God, he must live by faith, which is revealed where? In the pages of Scripture. In Romans chapter 10, verse 38, the Roman, sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, the writer of Hebrews says this, now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. What do we learn from this passage of scripture? If we want to have pleasure with God, what must we do? We must live by faith. Did you catch the repeated phrase there again and again and again? It's, it's very evident. The just shall live by faith. In other words, one who has been declared righteous, the kind of man lives, that kind of man lives by faith. This is the kind of man who Simeon was because the scripture says he was a man of faith. He was a man who lived by the word of God. So there's some conclusions that we can draw of one who lives by faith. The conclusion of one's faith, including this man Simeon, is seen in what is said about Simeon. It's seen in that he's called a just and a devout man. He's just and he's devout. In other words, he was a man who lived by God's standards, not his own standards, not someone else's standards, but he lived by his, by the word of God. He lived by God's standards. He was just and he was devout. We also see here that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And sometimes we get the idea of that, that waiting is just a passive thing. We sit back and do nothing. Waiting in the scripture is never really characterized as being passive. You see, Simeon studied the scriptures. He was discovering the truths that God had laid out in the pages of his word. And he discovered the idea or the teaching, the fact that there was a Messiah who was going to come. There was one who would bring hope and comfort to Israel, and not just to Israel, but to the rest of mankind. You know what we're seeing here? We're seeing that because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, 
He believed that God would do what he said he would do. He lived his life every day believing that God would bring about the hope and the comfort of the nation of Israel by sending them this Messiah that he promised in the pages of the Old Testament scripture. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And another result of his faith was that the Holy Spirit was upon him. In order to have a proper understanding of God's word, the Holy Spirit's leading is a must. Remember, Jesus told his disciples that he would send another comforter. He says, it's, it's, better, for me, it's better for you if I go away and send the comforter, because if I stay, the comforter won't come. But if I go, I will send him. And when I send him, what is he going to do? He's going to teach you all the things that you need to know that I have taught you and bring them to your remembrance. You see, the Holy Spirit is a must for the child of God to rightly understand the word of God. That's why when an unbeliever picks up the word of God and reads it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to them. They don't get it because they don't have the Holy Spirit to help them understand the teachings of Scripture. If we want to clearly understand God's Word, we must submit to the Holy Spirit's teaching and leading in our lives. And can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is never going to teach you something that's contrary to the Word of God. Holy Spirit's never going to teach you something that you don't find already in the pages of Scripture. He's going to teach you what you are reading and studying in God's Word to help you understand it better. So we see this man, Simeon, he was a man who embraced God's revelation. He embraced the word of God. Well, let's see what our response should be, and that it should be very much like Simeon's response. Our response should be like Simeon's in verses 27 through 35. What do we find, first of all, in verse 27? Well, we find, first of all, that Simeon's belief was based on the book, it was based on the book. In verse 29, it says, according to your word. Can I tell you something here? And this is not going to be new to most of you. Simeon did not base his beliefs on what others said. Remember there was a man in Israel whose name was Nicodemus? And Nicodemus was the teacher in Israel. He was the if we were to maybe make a contemporary analogy, he was the let's, go on the, let's go on the good side of things. He was the John MacArthur of the day. Or if you're not into that, I hope you're not into this, but maybe he was the Joel Osteen of the day. Problem is, Nicodemus committed to the word of God. Okay. He was the teacher. He was the one that if you had a question, if you weren't sure about what scripture says, you went to this guy if you could get an appointment with him. Simeon didn't base his belief on what Nicodemus said. According to your word, our beliefs, like Simeon's, should be based on the book, on the word of God, and on nothing else. And you know what is so impressive to me as a preacher is that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who lives inside of John MacArthur and helps John MacArthur understand Scripture lives inside of me. And if he can do that for John MacArthur, he can do that for me. And you know what's even better? If he can do that for me, 
He can do that for you. That's why when we teach how to study the Bible, we don't use Rick Warren's book that says how to study the Bible, Rick Warren's way. We teach you to use the Word of God first as your source. You go to the Word of God. You read God's Word. You pray and you ask God to teach you what His Word says. And in faith, you believe that He will teach you what His Word says. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have any study material or any books that will help you, because you should. But what I'm saying is you don't start with those study materials. You don't start with the commentaries. You start with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And you compare what God is teaching you with the Scriptures and then with other people's thoughts. Because the Holy Spirit can teach you just as well as He can teach anyone else. What a blessing. Simeon understood that. Simeon knew that. And he didn't base his beliefs on anything but the word of God. We also see in this passage scripture, Simeon understood God's blessing was not just for the Jews. Can I get an amen for that? Simeon understood that God's blessing was not just for the Jews. We say amen to that because none of us, to my knowledge, that are sitting in this room this morning are Jews. And yet we have received God's blessing, the blessing of salvation. Simeon's understanding of salvation was shaped by the prophet Isaiah. Earlier we read some verses from Isaiah. They showed us that God never intended his salvation to be just for the Jews. He intended his salvation. You see, when God called the Jew, Abraham to be the father of the Jewish nation, he gave uh, an understanding to Abraham and all those who would send after him that the Jews, the Jewish nation, were to represent God to the rest of the world. Instead, they took the revelation of God and they almost clung to it solely and exclusively and wanted to make it just for them. They failed as a representation of who God was. And don't give them too much of a hard time because God's given us the same responsibility to take that word to others, to represent him in the world in which we live and to spread that word. You see, Simeon understood that it wasn't just for the Jews. It was, in fact, for all the nations. God told Abraham that all the nations would be blessed blessed through him. Look at Simeon's description of God's salvation in verses 30 and 31. It says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, have seen God's salvation, which you, God, have prepared before the face of all peoples. You know what we see here? We see in this short passage God's simple plan of salvation. What is the plan of salvation? Well, we see the person that brings salvation. The person Who is the person that brings salvation? None other than God's son, Jesus, the Messiah. You see, Jesus isn't just the Jewish Messiah. He's the Messiah for mankind. He makes it possible for all mankind to be rightly related to the Father. We also see the people salvation is offered to. God's plan included all nations, all peoples. No one is left out. Now, please understand this. We're not preaching a universal salvation here this morning. We are not saying that every person who is ever born on the face of the earth will go to heaven. Because that's not what God's word teaches. 
God's word teaches that some will be saved. Those that God has called will be saved. You say, well, then I don't, why do I have to bother telling others? Because you don't know who God called. And neither do I. And no one on this earth does. So we are obedient to the command of Scripture that says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you and I are taking the gospel to all the people God gives us the opportunity to do that with. The people of salvation uh, are those who God has called, and it includes people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. In this short passage of Scripture, we also see the purpose of God's salvation plan. What's his purpose? Well, it's twofold. First of all, we see that God's plan is to bring light and revelation to the Gentiles. It's becoming clear here that God's plan of salvation is not exclusive to one group or another, right? He's opened it up to all nations that the, the, that the Gentiles might have the light and the revelation of God. Why is that so important? Because if you don't have the revelation of God, you can't be saved. How do you know that, Pastor? Well, what does Paul say in Romans? So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What's the word of God? It's revelation. It's the most, you know what? The word of God that we have in our hands and we have so readily available to us, the word of God is the most complete form of revelation given to mankind. It has everything you need to know that God wants you to do. The word of God is so important. It's also to bring glory to your people Israel. So God has a plan for the Gentiles and he has a plan for the Jewish people. You know what that means in short? He has a plan for everybody. Because you're, you're, you're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. You fall into one of those two categories. So he wants to bring revelation and light to the Gentiles and he wants to bring glory to his people, Israel. Jesus is the glory of Israel because through him, the nation would see the fulfillment of God's promises. You know all those promises that God made to Abraham and made to Moses and made to Joshua throughout the ages? Those are all brought to fulfillment in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So, well, I don't think they've all been fulfilled yet. You're right. But they're going to be. That's why we know Jesus is coming back again. And he's going to establish a real, literal kingdom on this earth. He's going to rule and reign, and he's going to fulfill all those promises that were made to the nation of Israel. Simeon knew about the salvation that Jesus' death would provide for you and I today. He knew that. Now, he didn't know my name specifically or your name, but he knew that salvation would come to the peoples of the earth. We also see, as we consider our response to Simeon, we see that Simeon believed in the greatness of Jesus. Simeon believed in the greatness of Jesus. Not everybody who calls themselves religious or even Christians believe in Jesus. You see, that's where, that's the determining factor. It's all about Jesus. That's why Jesus, when he was in the temple in Nazareth, in the synagogue in Nazareth, he took the scroll and he read to them from the book of Isaiah and he said to them, in the scroll of the book, in the very middle of the book, in the heart of the book, it's all about me. It's all about Jesus. 
So when everybody stands before God, you know what the question is, what have you done with my son Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus as your savior? Simeon believed in the greatness of Jesus. You see, Simeon reminded Mary and Joseph what Jesus would accomplish. They knew, you know, that that song that we all like to listen to at Christmas time, Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. It's a good song. I enjoy it. But it's like one of those rhetorical questions. Mary, did you know? Yes, Mary knew. She knew at least some of what Jesus is going to accomplish because she was told. And she was also a student of the book. But Mary and Joseph knew what Jesus was going to accomplish, primarily that he would save his people from their sins. When Mary heard it from Simeon, they marveled. They were amazed that their son was the source of salvation for all of mankind. That's who Jesus was, and Simeon believed that. Simeon prophesied the response of Jesus' ministry. He told Mary and he told Joseph that Jesus would be the rise of many in Israel. Jesus taught that the way man could be made right with God was through him, through Jesus. He said in John 14, 6, you know it, you know it as well as I do. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. You see, Simeon knew that many would believe in Jesus and he would be the rise of many in Israel. He would raise them from the depths of their need and the depths of their sin into a right relationship with God. Simeon also prophesied that Jesus would be the fall of many in Israel. Do we really want that? Well, not everyone is going to respond to the truth. Not everyone is going to accept the truth. Those who reject Christ would fall and their fall will be great. Where, where does their fall end? Yes, their fall results in them being separated from God for all of eternity in a place called hell. You can't fall any more than that. The fall of many in Israel, those who rejected Christ, and unless they repented and followed Jesus, their destination eternally is a place called hell. Rise of many in Israel, the fall of many in Israel. And then he went on to say, many would speak against him. You see, both during his earthly ministry, people spoke against him. And you know what? He's probably been the most spoken against person in all of history. Throughout the ages of time, people have spoken against Jesus and his teachings. People are doing it today. That's why it's important for those of us who have seen this great light to stand for what is true and what is right. And then Simeon knew that many would hear and receive Jesus and as a result, their life would be changed. And can I tell you this? He knew that their life would not be just changed for the here and now, but that their life would be changed for all of eternity. So let me ask you a question this morning as we close our thoughts on Simeon's response as the first one to embrace Jesus for who he was. Will you this morning embrace the same Jesus that Simeon embraced? Will you let him make the impact on your life that Simeon allowed it to make on his life? You see, Simeon set 
a great example for us. He set an amazing example for us. And we can determine to be like Simeon, the people who embrace Jesus, the people who embrace the living word, as well as the written word, and let that word impact our lives for eternity. Timothy, I meant to ask you to play a song, so Ben, you might have to help him out. It's a song by Michael Carr. We're not, I just want to give you a heads up so you can find it. Now that I've held him in my arms, it's the one with Simeon, the picture of Simeon standing there holding Jesus. So Simeon was a man who was a student of God's word. We can study God's word the same way Simeon did. We can pick it up and we can read it and we can learn from it and we can let it impact our lives. But you know what else? Simeon was passionate about God and his word. Simeon was passionate about God and his word. He was in the book. He read the book. Simeon was a man who let the book transform his life. You and I can have the same blessing as we embrace Jesus and we embrace the scriptures that teach us all about our Savior, Jesus Christ. A few years ago, I guess many years ago now, there was this big rage across our country and around the world. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Can I tell you that we won't know what Jesus would do without this book? If we really want to know what he would do, we have to be like Simeon and embrace the word of God. We have to be a good student. Remember what a good student will do? A good student will let the word of God change his or her life forever. Simeon, a man of God who embraced the word of God. You and I, wouldn't that be great if it was said about us? Tim Mowers embraced the word of God, the written word and the living word. You got that video for us? All right. Listen as we uh, wrap up this morning. Simeon, spirit-led man who embraced the Son of God.
Can you imagine Simeon on that day? This man had been waiting his entire life, believing that the Christ child would come. Scripture says the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't see death until he saw the Christ. So when he took the Christ child in his arms, he said to God, now my life can come to an end. Everything I've been living for and longing for has come to pass. I'm happy to die. I'm happy to go and be in the presence of God. What a, what a blessing that was for Simeon. And I love the way Michael Card ends off the song. He says, now's the time. Now's the time for you to take him in your arms. If you do, your life will never come to an end. You will have eternal life. You will spend eternity in the presence of God. He's the only way to find peace. Perhaps this morning you're struggling with that lack of peace. You could be struggling with that even though you're a Christian. Where's the peace that God has promised to me? Well, if it's lacking, it's not because God isn't there for you. It's because you're still trying to find it in other places. He's the only way that you'll find peace. He'll give you salvation. Why? Because he's the light of the Gentiles and the glory of his people, Israel. Our great God and heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you so much for this Christ child that Simeon embraced.